Welcome to the Weird Internet Podcast, Episode 6, hosted by yours truly, Jarrell, and my two co-hosts, Alejandro and Chris. Hello. What's up? Hello, hello. Today's episode is quite an interesting episode. Uh, it's an internet community that most people know about, just due to the amount of trolling they do on the internet and just in general, somehow they seeped from being random fan cams to affecting entire political rallies. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, this is the K-pop stands episode. It's quite a deep one and quite a fun one. In today's episode of the Weird Internet Podcast, we're going to be talking about K-pop stands. K-pop stands originated, I think, from Twitter. I don't Don't hold me on that, though. But... They have been a staple for just trolling. That's all I've really seen them. But they really gained traction, I think, in about 2014, 2015 with the emergence of uh, BTS and Blackpink and among others, even twice. For some reason, they've kind of held themselves stuck to K-pop. But the origin of the word stan has quite an interesting implication. Stan actually stands for stalker fan. So, when you say you stand something, the general cultural understanding is you're just a very, very, you know, super fan. But, as Eminem puts it, you're just obsessed. <laughs> I, I don't actually know if he says that, but that's what's implied in his song, which is called Stan, back in 2017. But anyways, yeah, what do you guys think of, of K-pop Stan and its origins? I don't know, it's kind of a weird one. Because it's kind of hard to find where exactly they came from. I think they've ruined the name Stanley for future generations to come. And I think that's really unfortunate, you know. I like the name Stanley. Stan. It's just not the same anymore. It makes me sad. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think that... I, I don't know. Though I I haven't really seen the word "stan" being used a whole lot outside of I mean you know outside of this context and like you know other like Twitter jokes, but at the end of the day, it's just like you know another fandom. Like a lot of people are fans of all kinds of different music and bands and whatnot. So I don't think it's that out there, but I do think some of the other aspects of K-pop stan culture is a little more out there. But I'm sure we'll get to that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It was interesting when I was doing the research on K-pop stands. I ran into this article about Stan Twitter. So apparently, Stan Twitter was something that originated all the way back in 2011, where essentially, like, not just this was before like they discovered or Western culture discovered uh, BTS and all K-pop in general, but apparently there was legitimate just like fan edits and construction of of just any artist and i think one of the prominent ones i found was there was just so many ariana grande stands back then and i was just like i don't understand this but like that was just kind of a, a very typical thing on twitter and on top of that too that's also why one direction apparently was uh, a target of the stand community as well like they just 
worshipped the ground that they walked. And it's partly attributed to the reason why they blew up so much was because the stand culture in Western culture was starting to take a lot of track. And correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, but Japan, you're Japanese. So I know that Japan has quite a strong like fandom fan club culture. Is that is that something maybe that has kind of influenced the internet? Well, what do you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know to what degree it's influenced the internet. But I think that um, there's a lot of parallels between like Japanese pop culture and Korean pop culture. Um, and, you know, obviously Korean pop culture is much bigger now. But I think that, you know, you see a lot of the same things. And I don't know, it's pretty it's pretty crazy. Real quick, when I, when I think of the word idol... <laughs> I, I know like there's like American Idol and all, like all that shit. That's actually not the first thing that comes to mind when I think of Idol. When oh, really? I think of like when I think of the term Idol, I think of like Japanese like pop star or like Korean pop star cuz it's like for some reason like in my head I think the culture that like idolizes the people that are like singing or dancing or like entertaining for some reason I don't know why, maybe it's subconscious, but I just think of like Japanese or Korean culture. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely warranted for sure. The, I think, concept of idolatry in the West is looked down upon because that's usually the, the, the context when you hear idol is like, oh, you know, don't worship your idols or whatever. But I don't think in K-pop or in J-pop in general there's any negative connotation to to kind of having that relationship or uh, what's the word for it? Well, I don't actually know what the word is. The Just fandoms in general, like have a weird... Just, just how you relate yeah. to your favorite artists and things like, yeah, I get... But like this, when I say like, you know, there's a lot of like parallels with like, yeah, it's just the same as any other... Um, like type of music like for example like one direction fans like yeah you don't call those like you know like you don't call them idols but like boy band is still kind of you know what i mean like it's like a semantic difference but like at the end of the day it's like really similar and so i don't think there's anything like particularly crazy about k-pop stands until you start to look at how k-pop stand culture leaks into like you know other aspects of life like the political sphere and things like that which we you know from our research we did see that yeah, yeah. I, I would say what's super interesting, though, and this is kind of a bit more looking into just K-pop stand, or just stand culture in general, like even just, you know, away from, from K-pops. But I think the whole like naming of a fandom is super fascinating. Like YouTubers do the same thing. They call themselves something something fam or, you know, you have... PewDiePie calling themselves like the bro army and then now it's like 19 year olds or something and it's it's kind <laughs> of a <laughs> it's kind of an interesting situation where when you look at BTS they have BTS army if you look at twice they have once if you look at Blackpink they have the blinkers and I could go on and on about K-pop uh, idol groups and and you know what their fans call themselves but it's super interesting that they've created this community and identity that ties themselves to the artist as 
Like, I am a fan. Like, that is literally, like, if I'm going to say I'm a fan of Blackpink, I say I'm a blink. You know, like, you don't, isn't that weird? <laughs> like, that's like, that's like a weird thing. Like, I don't, I don't think I've really seen something like that outside of this space. Like, yeah, it's just a similar. Yeah. I was just really quick. I mean, thinking about like Twitch streams too, like, Jerome, we had a very brief conversation about like Twitch streamers and how, like, I don't know, with, with, so many streamers blowing up in so many different genres it's kind of cool to see like how tightly knit of a community these people can build just off of like their personality absolutely that's i think the really interesting behavior that has been slowly developed over the course of the past maybe seven eight years on the internet just the cult of personality i think is is absolutely a fascinating shift in in how you are as a public person, right? Like not only do you have to be ex talented, but you also have to be an entertaining personality. A good a good example of this is like Lil Nas X. If people don't know who that is, he's the one that made the song Old Town Road. Went viral on TikTok. Yeah, he's he's absolutely not only a good musician but also an amazing personality and social media user right and so yeah it's really fascinating just like the the different kind of community types that are formulating but who knows man i i'm i'm not even sure what the heck like happened and and how people just thought that stands were, were a good idea. Like just, and I think we made a joke about this last week about Elon Musk stands. Um, but like standups, dude, <laughs> these standups, man, I, I just don't know. But anyways, I, I think it's really hard for us to really pinpoint the origins and the development of this. I think there's just way too much transformation and iterations that have occurred on just stand Twitter in general that it's I, I can't really say much more so why don't we dive in then to current events I think there's a crap ton of really random stuff and shit that's just happened because of of k-pop stands and k-pop stands Twitter but yeah let's let's dive let's dive straight into current events what's been going on in in the k-pop scene not k-pop scene the k-pop stand scene I know that Hondra you were talking a little about uh, a little bit about fan cams uh, like what? What does a what does a typical interaction on the internet with a K-pop stan look like? <laughs> well, from from my from my limited exp- I'm just outsider looking in. I see maybe someone make like a hot take um, in a in a Twitter post or in the comments, and a lot of times you'll just see K-pop fan cams pop up, and it's just like, well, should have stand should have stand Luna. And that's just it. Or it's like, oh, just drop a little clip of uh, of just like a really, really uh, attractive Korean people dancing and singing. And generally, when you think of fan camp, it's like the camera is focused on one person. And it kind of follows that person throughout like a, an onstage performance. And that's, that's really what a fan cam is, at least from what I've seen. And usually what the, I mean, what it's supposed to be is a way to market, a way to advertise and be like, hey, I stand X person. You should also stand this person. Look how attractive or talented or like charismatic this person is. That's kind of like the original purpose. More recently, it's been used to kind of 
I guess, down conversations. I mean, when you think of cancel culture, it's like, yeah, you're kind of canceling the opportunity to have like a discussion. And I've noticed that fan cams have started to take that purpose. Yeah, I think, what's the word for it? It's like almost making it so that they don't have to engage. <laughs> like, yeah. It, it's just like, like, oh, you know, they're trying to have like a discussion and then like, ha, here's a fan cam. Now, now you're going to be so confused by what's going on that you can't. Re- so, and I think they were doing that a lot to, to people who are being racist and like mean on Twitter. Because, you know, if you're being racist and stuff and all of a sudden you see this K-pop idol just dancing, I, I personally wouldn't <laughs> know what to say. Like, <laughs> you know, like we're having a, a really, you know, hard discussion about how being racist is okay or something. I don't know. And then like suddenly all of a sudden this random k-pop dude from bts wearing makeup and has platinum (laughs) hair like how are you supposed to respond like (laughs) just like it's a great way to derail the discussion like it's an end-all be-all for sure yeah yeah absolutely but i think chris you mentioned this a while back i don't think or was it you Alejandro? i'm not sure which one but i know that we talked a little bit about how k-pop stands have kind of bled into into reality. And I, I think they were the propagators of also like kind of the cancel culture that emerged in Twitter as well as even affecting politics. Like I know they were on the news for a bit. What say you on that? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know where all that started, but and I, I think one of you can speak to this better, but there's definitely that case where the K-pop stands on Twitter basically took up all the what tickets for like a like a trump rally or something and you see them being very politically active on twitter like you know i'll, I'll just be scrolling through twitter and you'll see an account that's just like gushing over a you know k-pop idol interspersed with comments about like yo you got to check your privilege and this and that and it's, it's, <laughs> it's just the juxtaposition of it is just so insane to me and like it's just and, and it's not like there's nothing weird about those two things being juxtaposed necessarily right but like just people whose personality personalities are so strongly like k-pop standum and then also like calling out shitty people on twitter so it's it, i don't know it's just so funny to see well yeah i mean you see that a lot with like celebrities right where they're famous for like maybe a movie they did or maybe they're just a really good like artist and then they start getting like politically active and that's when you see a lot of people they'll respond and be like god why don't you stick to music why don't you stick to acting like you like I didn't I didn't subscribe. I didn't follow you to hear all this like bullshit. But these people aren't necessarily like famous in the sense of like they did something. It's like, no, they're like a stan account. That's what they're like that's why they're so popular. And so when someone like that starts getting involved in like politics, like how do you even respond? I mean, I, I think part of it is like, you know, when you have a platform, um, and by that I mean like when you have like thousands of followers you naturally have an audience, right? And so if you like care about certain social issues, then I, I think I think it's a good thing to like leverage that. It, again, it's just so weird that like that the topic, you know, that you've created your like reach over is like so completely unrelated to politics, just like juxtaposed against this like intensely political discourse and it's it's weird but also like i if i was in that position like i i totally get you know and and once people start doing it too it just becomes normal to have this like politicized k-pop stan culture which is again strange but like you see it enough that like it's a thing now 
like we're talking about it right now dude i'm just imagining like you know how some like actors or actresses are like public figures they get into like policy and they start to become like politicians and stuff imagine if like <laughs> k-pop stan <laughs> counts start becoming politicians oh shit vote for me <laughs> you just see like because their profile pic it's like not even not even their face they're like when they run like, like, oh my, oh my oh god, my god. <laughs> oh trump got covid oh, should have stand luna <laughs> should have stand luna Jeez, dude man it's crazy uh, i i think what's what's really interesting now, now that you've kind of brought that up hondro about kind of the growing demographic that started as you know they they are and will always be i think k-pop stands i think there's nothing wrong with with continuing that trend but i think it's super fascinating how a lot of that internet stuff is is going to be what moves the market i think what's going to be what moves a lot of people's opinions because once you have even politicians once you have politically active civil rights people any of those types of individuals that have a lot of press kind of use k-pop or these very international icons to push movement you you kind of have this weird blending of a reality like these some of these people don't even speak korean <laughs> like and they're and they're gonna be like posting about a, a korean idol on the other side of the planet um and once again it kind of blends the that gap of reality that we've had between the internet and and our everyday lives because i mean imagine one day just just uh, you know picture this my friends right 52nd president of the united states it's going to be some woman right and their guest of honor is bts <laughs> for, for for changing the global space in music can you imagine just like imagine that you're you're bringing these k-pop idols to the Oval Office, like the same the same place that Abraham Lincoln lived <laughs> in the 1600s, the just all this history, right? And then you just look, you're like K-pop idols. I, I think that's just such an interesting like image to have, as well as that's really where the future is going. Like in the same vein that like basketball players and a lot of really huge cultural icons and rappers and whatnot, uh, the their fans ended up being in politics. And due to that and their shifting in culture and art, they eventually do get those recognitions from the people in power. And I just think that's really funny just to have that image in my brain. <laughs> like, imagine Twice or Blackpink, like, being given, like, the Medal of Freedom. <laughs> like, it's just oh very gosh, <laughs> It's just very weird stuff to me, like, to, to think of things in that, in that light. But it very well may happen considering the fact that a lot of these k-pop stands are this engaged in civil discourse as well as uh political discourse i mean they're almost one and the same and so it, it's very very interesting i think the trend that we're going here oh man bts winning the the nobel peace prize <laughs> bringing peace to the east i don't know that, that, i would want to live to see that day i feel like that would be a pretty because, like, who knows, with so many things being done digitally now more than ever, it's, like, there's probably going to be a lot of, like, international mingling of, like, culture. Seems like that's just the nature of the internet. 
Yeah, 100%. I mean, for a good chunk of time, there were a lot of weebs on the internet. I still remember the early 2010s. And Chris, I, I'm sorry, but a lot of people wanted to be Japanese for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, 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 I definitely remember that. And in fact, that's still kind of a thing. Less so, but actually, this, this is a kind of weird tangent, but like, yo, hella people be watching anime these days. Have you noticed that? Like, a lot more people. Dude, it's no like, longer nerdy. It's no longer nerdy to be want, an anime right? weeb. Dude, you know how much anime is on Netflix now? Dude, Netflix is popping off on the anime. Like, Haikyuu's on Netflix now. Dude, Avatar The Last what? Airbender has, like, uh, you know lubed the, you everybody. You know the craziest part? Like, you think about it. Like, the reason why... It, anime is on netflix is there is literally some corporate strategy dude up there at netflix wearing a suit sitting in an office and you know what he did he whipped around his analyst to come up with a report on how profitable anime would be like, this actually happened like it happened they have a team that does this it's so funny dude that's that. the reason why K- that's the reason why k dramas are on netflix now too yeah, exactly. It, it's a very, it's a very profitable audience. T- tidbit here, actually. This is a statistic that my sister brought up to me. This is this was like a few months ago, but it turns out. So this is this was like the research done by what's it called Drama. So uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Drama Fever, but they were like the Crunchyroll for K drama overseas. Just and if you guys okay. don't know what Crunchyroll is, Crunchyroll is like the one-stop shop for for all anime, pretty much. I think it's both subbed and dubbed. But anyways, so Drama Fever was, I think, acquired by another media company. I can't remember. I'll have to look this up. Uh, Hondro, Chris, do, do you know off the top of your head who Drama Fever acquired by? Or no, no? Uh, no not no. off the top of my head, man. This Disney, is I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, deny oh, it, oh, dude. Oh, Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers. Okay, okay. Got oh it, got it, got gosh. it. So, yeah. So, Drama Fever was bought by Warner Brothers in 2018 and they found out and this this was this was drama fever kind of giving them information here that the majority of watchers of korean dramas were middle-aged white women (laughs) (laughs) on dramafever.com holy shit that is fucking weird (laughs) so netflix was like you know they saw the data and like they're like why isn't warner brothers doing anything like they literally just dissolved drama for you they didn't try to expand on it they didn't try to do anything with it and lo and behold look at netflix's success they literally had crash landing on you you know was was released on netflix last year and it is still like number three or number four most watched korean drama internationally and domestically actually insane Netflix made a freaking ton of views from from that. Just one Korean drama. A lot of people subscribe just to watch that. Just for those subs. Crazy. But like, you're absolutely right, Chris. <laughs> like, there, there are teams just sitting around being like, hey, you know, there's like that study that like, like middle-aged white women really like Korean dramas. Let's, let's throw that on Netflix. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> and then you know a team was also probably like hey you know what's really popping off on young millennials and gen z's anime let's throw all that shit on <laughs> <laughs> and it's working it's really it's actually working you know like like look at you know the last airbender you know avatar the last airbender when they released that what a year ago two years ago popped mm-hmm. off mm-hmm. and legend of Korra too 
Oh yeah, um, absolutely. Like they just they. I mean, yeah, they capitalize. I I have to I have to think on some level like there has to be some Netflix exec who's just like a total fucking weeb, <laughs> just like a total weeb, and it's like guys, guys, are you kidding? Guys, me? Like, we need gotta capitalize on this. We, we need to get Attack on Titan. <laughs> it's like he's like guys, my Crunchyroll subscription just expired, and I really want to watch Haikyuu, so we need to get Haikyuu <laughs> on Netflix right now. And lo and behold, dude. It's probably like the, um, a major stakeholder. Guys, I just, you know, I really have to see the last season made. I just really, we need, we need to sponsor this. <laughs> hey, you know, like if, if I were ever to be like an exec at Netflix, you, you already know, I'd be like, yo, this webtoon, this webtoon oh needs to be made into, <laughs> into a drama. This webtoon needs to be made into an anime. Let's get on this. Let's get on this right now. And they'd be like, oh, I can't refuse. This guy owns 33% of our company. <laughs> yeah, dude. Netflix originals. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Oh, man. But it's funny. Like, the just general culture. I think we talked about this in our furries episode with cartoons and even just like fandom communities surrounding certain topics really popped off once I think it became normalized for people to enjoy cartoons at every age. Like, I think historically speaking, it was like cartoons were for adults and then all of a sudden it became for kids and then they were like, yo, we can do a lot of things that you can't do in movies on cartoons. So then it became like a thing for them to slip in shit in cartoons and then anime came over here and was like, yo, cartoons are for adults. And I was like, yeah, cartoons are for adults. And so now, now we just have like this weird, weird thing where some people never left childhood. And then some people just like brought cartoons with them as they grew older. I mean, it can be a really awesome thing. Like there's so many cool like worlds to kind of enjoy. At the same time, it's like, like with anything, you you can't really, you can't let it overwhelm you. And like take over your life to the point where like you're defined by that thing and it's like you're just kind of living your scout you're living your life like scouring internet forums like arguing with people about like who the best character in like x show is which i feel like it that's i mean that's always a, a danger with like most enjoyable things but yeah absolutely i think i think there's a lot of merit to uh trying to understand what the hell is going on and avoiding getting sucked in that rabbit hole. Uh, something though that I, I did want to bring up once again, something that we did talk about a few episodes ago with furries. Do you think, and this is just, just this is, this is back to K-pop stands, by, by the way. Do you think that this attachment to K-pop stands like in general, or, or sorry, K-pop culture in general, is sort of fulfilling a need of searching for an identity. Because to me, what's super interesting about K-pop in general is it's in stark contrast to a lot of music that we find popular here in, in like, quote-unquote, Western culture. Like, I don't know, like, personally, when I listen to K-pop, like, you kind of are just like, wow, it's everything's so peppy and happy. You know, like, oh, like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't want to sing a song right now because that would be embarrassing. And I want to make man. it into a podcast. Um, but like, you know, like if you, if you listen to to any of like Twice's music or even Blackpink, like a Hell lot of it, yeah. it's like very peppy and happy. And even J-pop. Dude, I was a huge fan of J-pop back in the day. That is weird. 
Wait, Chris, what? I, I, what? I also like Twice. Oh, you what, like Twice? Well, one particular song by Twice. Oh, What is Love? Nah, dude, TT. Oh, TT. Okay. Yeah, that shit is tight. <laughs> yeah. Whoever's listening, they're gonna like try to look this up and be like, "Why? Why, Chris? It's a good song. It's a good <laughs> why, Jarrell? Why, Chris? Why are you? Why are you listening it's to this so stuff? So good. No, but on a, on a side note, though, I think I think that's that's kind of what I'm talking about. Though, is like it's fulfilling a need that the Western cultures don't have. Like in my opinion, anime was like a good place for people who wanted to watch cartoons that weren't always so childlike or, or a different set of stories that they didn't get to experience. And then K-pop fulfills that need to have pop music that is experimental or has different sounds or is more peppy and, you know, hard rap or trap and a bit more aloof, right? And then I think we'll talk about this in a future episode, but even in Japan, like Nujabes and City Pop, stuff that wasn't even popular in Japan, it became popular here for some reason <laughs> with like lo-fi hip hop. Oh, dude, I'm all over that. I'm all over that City Pop stuff. Yeah, yeah, we should. It's so weird. We should definitely do an episode on 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 that culture because it's super interesting, super niche. And I had a conversation the other day with someone who's in the Japanese music industry, and she was even saying like, "Yeah, that's like not super popular in Japan. <laughs> like, surprisingly, it's not." And I was like, "Interesting. Like, that's literally taken the world by storm. Like, all that all that jazz." <laughs> Anyways. I was curious, Alejandro, a bit more from, from your end. Uh, you had some stuff written here, and you said that what is the breaking point for when this stuff like is, <laughs> is considered a cult? So, I, can, you, can, you, can you dive into that a little bit? I want to hear Well, you. yeah. I mean, uh, really, was, the question is, like, when do we start calling this, this phenomenon a cult, right? I mean, is it like... Is it when the group suicides start coming in? Like, is that when we start calling it a cult? Or, like, is it when Scientology starts? Do we start getting fan cams of, like, what was it, Tom Cruise? Like, standing Scientology? Like, I don't know, dude. I My question to you guys, and I'm not making any statements myself yet. I want to get both of your perspectives on when does this draw... When does this cross the line? Has it already crossed the line? What do you guys think? I guess I can I can go first. I you know honestly I I don't think there's like any line you can really cross. You know like I, at the end of the day like there's just people that like a certain you know type of music, albeit like a lot. Um, like short of like this erupting into like real violence or like you know like an actual actual cult. Like, I, I'm perfectly happy letting this just kind of go because I think it's pretty funny watching it from the outside. But um, what are your thoughts on that, Jarrell? Yeah, straight up. Some people be, like, so crazy supportive of, like, BTS where they're like, oh, my gosh, my bias is Jimin and he is so perfect. And, like, they will, like, try and, like, if you say otherwise, they will, like, harass you. <laughs> Okay, wait. Actually, <laughs> so. actually, I take back what I said. You're right. I forgot about this one aspect of K-pop stand culture. Yo, K-pop stand culture is actually pretty toxic in that um, in how like fans interact with idols. Um, like, I know a big part of like K-pop fan culture is like the toxicity surrounding K-pop artists' like personal lives. Like, you'll have scandals where like, oh, like this K-pop star was like spotted like you know dating someone and then fans just go really crazy and they get mad and like 
you know, these artists, like they, they have, they, like their, their agencies will force them to like apologize publicly to their fans for like, I don't know, having a personal life. My gosh. And like that kind of constant pressure is definitely not good. So if there was any line to draw, like that, that'd probably be the line. And I mean, like in K-pop, like you, you have like some very high profile, like suicides that have happened just from this, like pressure and i'm sure there's like other aspects at play as well but like surely that constant sort of almost like surveillance by your fan base couldn't have helped you know so yeah i i think that's kind of toxic so maybe that 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 might be my line hondro okay okay i appreciate the perspective and i think in general like i would i would tend to agree with the statement that you know they're just they're just enjoying something they're just like you know fanning over something that they really like and a lot of times it's like okay you have like the really radical loud minority of the group kind of projecting 99 percent of the rhetoric online and i think that happens a lot with with a lot of things not just standums but also like you see it all the time with politics and all different types of online communities but I don't know. It's just this. I think there there was one thing that really like horrified me was just the way that you could like use the fan cams in kind of like a weaponized way. Almost there was this one. I could, there was like it wasn't like a one instance, but it was a phenomenon where there were like people, like public figures, like dying or like bad things happening to people, and then. On Twitter, the responses were just like, oh, man, it's really sad like that this person killed themselves. If only they stand Luna, maybe they wouldn't have happened. And it's like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, dude. Like, come on. What is that? Where it's like, who's who is this person? Oh, no. Well, if they, if only they had uh, done this. And then they put like a fucking fan cam of like that. That just, I don't know. And again, this is probably just like trolls. But at the same time, I don't know. It just really rubbed me the wrong way yeah no the the thing is about that hondro is the community in and of itself perpetuates it like they're not saying oh that's a bad thing oh we would never do that it's like no no our our bts or our black pink is just perfect and then they just work off of each other like oh my gosh this oh my gosh that and then eventually it just becomes this insane cascade of just i don't know borderline insanity <laughs> and you know like like once again it's it's stan right stalker fan like regardless of what it means now i think at the end of the day uh, that type of semantic has kind of cemented itself in or rather cemented and embedded itself in, in kind of how they view themselves it's not just oh we're just really really hardcore fans it's like well, how far is hardcore? And then if you have a group of people that continue to push themselves further and further and kind of demanding what their favorite artists or idols are supposed to do, it does kind of create this perpetuating effect of toxic. So yeah, definitely a double-edged sword, kind of like for the furries community, <laughs> kind of like the Elon stands. I think there there is a lot of just double-edged swords and a lot of weaponized immaturity is is what it, it seems like to me 
Yeah, I mean, in a lot of ways, this community is like a microcosm of the internet. Like, this is just what it is. You have a lot of, you have people, like, gathering together, enjoying something that's common. And then there's, like, some minority of people that kind of take it to, like, an extreme that may not represent the views of, like, most people in this community. And then... I don't know, things just kind of go to shit a lot of times. This whole idea of, like, anonymity and all this shit. It just kind of, like, I don't know, this this is a bit of a tangent, but this whole idea of anonymity on the internet, it almost sets people up to be, like, inhumane, just to act <laughs> like not a human. Just, like, more cruel than they would normally. Yeah. And I think that that, that is just always going to be a dangerous thing about the internet. And it's definitely, like... This community definitely falls victim to that too. Yeah, yeah. No, on 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 that though, Hondro, there is kind of like an insult that people throw around on the internet. Like, oh, that's just a bot. Oh, he's a bot or he's a troll. That's definitely just a bot. But it's interesting. Like, yo, like the human beings are a lot worse than a bot. <laughs> like, Dude. like the people who have actual intentions and are a bit more malicious. Yeah, I think those are the ones you should be watching out for, not the bots. The bots are very one ended and one but anyways with that great great stuff the both of you thank you so much for both your insights and with that we will go into our favorite part of our podcast rating time yay (laughs) (laughs) so once again reminder for those listeners rating time we are going to uh, give this community a score between zero and ten ten being extremely weird or relevant or whatnot, and zero being non-relevant, not weird, just whatever. So with that, Alejandro or Chris, who would like to go first and give their Should we go do first, Alejandro? Yeah, best for last again. I'll go first. I'll go first. Um, <laughs> alphabetical order. I, All right. Alphabetical order. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I so I, truth be told, guys, I feel like I have been. I feel like my ratings have been kind of garbage. <laughs> like I feel like I'm I'm all over the map. And so I want to try to buckle down and get a little more accurate. So I think a five is just like totally like medium, like middle of the pack. Ten is super weird. Well, actually, um, what do you guys think? Is a zero just totally like not weird? Like Yeah, it's just like kind of weird. Five is like kind of weird, but like relevant. Like it affects things. Kind of like, you know, like Wall Street Bets was definitely closer to a five than anything. But we okay. gave it gave it like a four, I think, or something like that. Yeah, whatever. So I think I'm gonna give this community a four. I think that there are some aspects that are weird, but I think that there are a lot of aspects. I think the majority of this community can be found in most other online communities. I don't think it's necessarily weird. I think in the the ways that it can be taken to the extreme, yeah, it's pretty unique, pretty weird shit. But overall, yeah, I think I've seen a lot of these characteristics in other communities. So four out of ten. Great, great. Wonderful score. And you, Chris? Yeah. um, Running the algos in my brain. Beep, beep, beep. Um, (laughs) I got to say, like... um, you know, like even before Hondro gave a score, I wasn't going to give this a very high score. Um, I'm going to give it a two, and <gasps> for right. pretty much the same reasoning that Hondro gave is that there's been visibility 
into this community more just because of the whole like you know the whole like trump rally thing and other aspects but like this really isn't that different from any other online community it's not really that weird and it can get a little extreme but you know most people aren't like that you know at the end of the day it's really just fans of k-pop just like you know circle jerking online which is like totally normal i think you know like people circle jerk about weirder things out there for sure that like we probably won't even cover in this podcast so i give it i give it a two Okay, great, great, great scores. For me to round it out, I'm going to give this community a three. <laughs> similar similar sentiments. I think coming off of the Elon stands and the furries and Wall Street bets, I definitely see this behavior as being more of a standard for the internet. I just, I always see someone who does this type of stuff on every community. I think I've joined enough subreddits now. I've joined enough Facebook groups to see that this is kind of now become normal. Maybe maybe if this was 10 years ago, Chris, I think I want to make that argument. If this was 10 years ago, this definitely would be higher up on the scale. Give it like a seven. But the internet has just gotten so much weirder. Like you have shit like 4chan and QAnon <laughs> that like this is no longer the standard of weird. This is just normal standard behavior. This is just what people do. When they stand something, it kind of just becomes insane. Or you get the other hand where, you know, they just want to be really good fans or they just want to troll people. So uh, with that being said, this gets an internet rating score of three. Yeah, just three. That's it. Great. Mental maths. Yeah, dude. That's a two plus four plus three divided by three is three. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, in the context of our other ratings for our other communities, Definitely. I, I agree with this one. Wonderful. Wonderful. Makes sense, yeah. Any, okay. Well, now that we've kind of thrown that out of the way, final thoughts and messages, I think, because we kind of use this as a messages point for our listeners too, for this community. Yeah, real quick. I think a lot of time, I, I'm a big proponent of taking ownership in your life. And so, you know, when anything goes bad, the first thing you, you should think about what should I have done? And 99% of the time, the answer is going to be, I should have Stan Luna. So I'm going to tell you right now, Stan Luna before you need to do this retrospective, okay? Just Stan Luna. Okay, dude. All right, All right. Chris, final thoughts. Yeah, what I will say is... Um, You know, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with really being into K-pop. I think it's good, too. You know, like I said, I really like that Twice song. (laughs) What what song is that? By who? T, dude. T, T. Okay, I'll plug two songs because these are the two songs that I listen to. T, T by Twice and then Four Walls by FX. I think those two are, I listen to those way more than I should. Anyway. No, not enough. uh, Not enough. What are you talking about? Not enough. What, what, what do you mean? You, you listen to it. You said you, you listen to it way more than you should. I'm saying not enough. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I mean, but you don't know how much I listen to it. Like, I listened to both of those songs like twice each today. I wow. think that's a good amount. I want it like on a daily basis. You know what I mean? Amazing. Anyway, yeah. um, what I will say is, yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being really into K-pop. You know, like it, it's... I think it's great. But, like, if you're one of those, like, extreme fans, like, 
you know, th- think think about think about the idols themselves for a second. You know, don't don't get hella selfish or like um, jealous about their personal lives and like start. You, you know what I mean? Like they're people too, so give them a break. That is all I have to say. Great, great. Thank you both for your final thoughts to listeners out there. Stay fresh. Don't stand too hard. And <laughs> be nice, okay? Unless, you know, they, they deserve to be barraded with... Wait, is that even a word? Man, just making up words over here. Barraged. Barraged. I've never heard that. Yeah, that's Bomba- a word. Oh, that's bombarded. A word. I've, I've, I've seen that I, word I, before. I combined barraged. <laughs> And bombarded. That's, a, that's an bombarded. <laughs> bombarded with fan. Great at making stand names, Jimmy. dude. <laughs> oh geez. Oh no. Oh no. Hey man, you know my bias is always Lisa uh, Blackpink. Oh <laughs> <laughs> Stop the episode. Stop fucking it. Stop it, dude. All right. All right. All right. We'll leave it with that. Anyways, thank you so much for listening, and we're going to go into the outro. And that was the sixth episode of the Weird Internet Podcast. Thank you all listeners for listening to this wonderful, wonderful episode on K-pop stands and a little bit of K-pop stand Twitter. Next episode, we're going to be diving into something else. We have not decided because, you know, life's too short to just, you know, plan everything, okay? Okay, so to all those listeners, if you do have a suggestion on what we should do next, doesn't need to be this episode, but for a future episode, please feel free to leave us a message, DM me or any of us and give us a suggestion for what internet community we should do. Uh, But once again, thank you so much for your support and we will see you next time.